The story of where the water reflects the sky is one of fire, stone, and ice. In the last episode, we explored the origins of much of that stone and how a tumultuous time in Earth's history is memorialized within. But that was only part of the tale. I'm Devin Boker. You are listening to Where the Water Reflects the Sky, a Minnesota geography podcast presented by The Wildlife. The state's highest point, Eagle Mountain, reaches an elevation of 2,301 feet. Just 13 miles away lies the shore of Lake Superior, the lowest point in the state with an elevation of 602 feet. The eastern boundary of the state is rich with dramatic geographic flair. From the hardened basaltic and rhyolite lava flows of the northern shores, to the dagger-like spires emerging from the waters of the St. Louis River at Jay Cook. Just to the south, sandstone carved by wind, water, and weather form beautiful glints at Banning. An hour or so further, and you'll arrive at Interstate and Taylor Falls, a deep basalt gorge riddled with smooth potholes as if carved into stone by Michelangelo himself. If these were the only parts of the state that you saw, it'd be reasonable to expect the same for most the rest of the state. Reality, on the other hand, couldn't be more contrasting. The truth is, most of Minnesota is actually, well, pretty flat, at least in comparison. What is perhaps the most peculiar piece, however, is that much of the forces which carved the stone are the very ones which shaped the rest of the state and its 10,000 lakes. Glaciers. Massive ice sheets one mile thick have ravaged and raised the landscape like a skillful and meticulous sculptor. The last of these left 12,000 years ago, the Wisconsin glaciation. These covered all of Minnesota except for the farthest southeast corner, an area known for steep hills and streams and cave systems. This area, unmarred by glaciers, is known as the Driftless Zone. Outside of that, most of the state, outside of the far northeast, is covered in 50 feet or more of glacial till left behind when the last of them melted. To get the full story, however, you have to travel back in time, roughly two and a half million years, to the beginning of a period called the Quaternary. It's a period that we divide into two different epochs of time. The Pleistocene, which lasted until 11,700 years ago, and the Holocene, lasting from then to now. The Pleistocene was a peculiar time, commonly called the Ice Age, and marked by a series of cold glacial periods and warm interglacial periods. For much of that time, the Laurentide Ice Sheet covered most of northern North America, retreating significantly during those warm interglacial periods. Modern-day Minnesota sat just at the edge of that ice sheet. Rather than permanent coverage, Minnesota experienced several periods of glacial intrusion and retreat. For most of us, the very concept of a glacier eludes the imagination. It's difficult to comprehend their scale and magnitude. So what exactly is a glacier? 
Essentially, it's exactly what you might think it is, just bigger. It's a large mass of ice lasting year to year that is formed by repeated compaction and recrystallization of snow. Gravity and other geographic forces pull them across the landscape at a snail's pace. As they move, or flow, it carves and carries what lies beneath. Boulders, trees, rocks, and sand all become entrapped, often ground into unrecognizable debris which will eventually be released from the glacier's icy grip. This mix of materials is called till. This till can be laid and grazed, left behind in large conglomerations, or even piled up to form ridges called moraines. Sheets of till may be laid down to form low hills. Streamlined hills aligned parallel to the flow of ice are called drumlins. Beneath the glaciers often flow entire silt-laden rivers of meltwater, which can deposit till in their ice-walled channels. After the ice is retreated, these deposits form eskers. These deposits all tell a story, like fingerprints at the scene of a crime or footprints on the landscape. Sometimes the things left behind are exceedingly large. Boulders carried far from their source and left somewhere new are called erratics. These erratically placed deposits often serve as clues as to the direction of a glacier's movement. Investigating a part of a landscape that is no longer there is a lot like trying to solve a crime. And to solve it, you have to be able to read the landscape. In fact, there are plenty of clues which can be gathered for these sort of deep time historical investigations. The color of till can tell you a lot about the kinds of rocks which were ground down in its formation. Often knowing the types of rocks they're in can provide clues as to where a particular glacial advancement originated. A, a till tale, if you will. The Wadena Ice Lobe deposited gray limestone containing tills from Winnipeg and Manitoba. Its journey within the state also left behind the Alexandria Moraine and the Drumlin Fields of Wadena in west central Minnesota. The Rainy Lobe left behind a brown, sandy till of basalt, gabbro, and other rocks of northeastern source. That lobe, in combination with the Itasca and Superior Lobes, are what formed the complex system of moraines in Itasca and St. Croix. Till from the superior lobe is distinctly red in color and contains rocks derived from the Lake Superior Basin, such as red sandstone and agates. Each time a glacier made its retreat, it left its distinctive signature upon the landscape. Take the moraines, for example. There are two types, terminal, marking the outer edge of the glacial lobes on the landscape, and recessional, marking areas of deposit as the glaciers retreated. Drumlins, like the one in Wadena and elsewhere, are near teardrop-shaped and act almost as arrows etched in the landscape, detailing the pathway of the glacier. By 11,000 years ago, Minnesota was mostly ice-free. However, the Rainy Lobe and St. Louis Sublobe were still present in the northern landscape in Arrowhead region. Of course, all of this retreat means melt. And all of this melt has to lead somewhere. In our case, that somewhere will be our next episode.
Thank you for listening to Where the Water Reflects the Sky, a Minnesota geography podcast presented by The Wildlife. I'm your host, Devin Boger. Stay tuned.